What up, world? Back again. It is the Country Rap Report. Yours truly, Big XL. What up, it's your dude, Spank. And y'all know what you're watching. We are the two guys who give you our opinion, our expertise, our reaction, our reviews, whatever you want to call it, on some of the greatest country rap videos in the world, Craig. In the world. We're going to always give you our truthful expertise on the best country rap and some of the worst country rap videos out and on the man. 2022, we said we we're going to come back hard, and we did. We've decided to give y'all something that we call MIP, Music Industry Playbook. No, not Mothers in Prison, the Music Industry Playbook. And that is when you, all the people out there, y'all can email us your questions, you can inbox us your questions, and we will answer those questions on the episode, and we will let you remain anonymous. That way, if you're an artist and you say, hey, um, how do I get paid on my records? Everybody won't know you don't know that. We allow you to remain anonymous. Because <laughs> that way you don't have to be embarrassed to see right. questions in. Because people are like, man, you didn't know that. We ain't going to do you like that. Okay? And we also, and we've done this a little last year and we got away from it. We're going to give you insight on these artists' lives, how they started, what is country rap to them, when they started, where they from, their recording process. Everything you want to know, because we're going to give you up-close, exclusive interviews with some of your favorite country rap artists. So again, we're putting our flag in the ground, and you're watching the Country Rap Report. How you doing today, my guy? I'm good, bro. I'm, um, that question just hit me, like what you just asked. There's about seven ways that you can get paid from your music, and I think most artists think of only two. So that's probably an episode or a question that we could probably bring in the next AMA yes. to give you the seven ways that you can be making money off of your music because a lot of people don't know how those other five ways operate. They know sell their music, streaming and sales. That's it. Streaming and sales. Yes. Most of them. They most of them don't know anything about gaming. Oh no. Oh soundtracks. Gaming is a whole nother industry. That's a billion dollar industry right now. Look, I, I want to go on that one, but that's that's a whole nother thing, bro. Soundtracks. Uh, a sync license with soundtracks and TV is we gonna answer that in an in an episode. I want to give it all to them right. Now. You know what a but lot yeah. of artists, you know what a lot of artists don't know. What's that? A lot of artists don't know that if they are the walk off song that Freddie Freeman plays as he walks out to take his bats at L.A. Dodger Stadium, <laughs> then they can get paid for that. <laughs> They can, if Freddie Freeman decides to use their song to walk off at his at bats at home, they get paid for that. That's a live stream too. They get paid once for the right to use based on the contract, and then they get paid however many times that's in the contract for them to continue to play it. Um, most artists just get one-time fees because they don't want to go through all the other. It is. It's still a it's still a check. It's definitely a check. But you you want to be that because. Because Freddie Freeman's gonna probably do very well. <laughs> you keep bringing them up. Well, why? I, it's I just, too soon. It's I too soon, picked, bro. I just it's picked too. out a random player. Random, that, random one. They need some walkout music. It's, it's too too soon, bro. Too soon. Let's not give me give it some time to heal. It's it's still there. Let me let me tell you, artist, something. Um, a check that I got managing an artist, and it was like Spank said, it was a one-time thing, but it still was a check that we got. Um, WWE, 
right now, wrestling is huge. You got WWE, um, which is on two networks. You got um, AEW, which is on two major networks. You got, um, I think it's MLW, which is on Fuse. Wrestling is still big, even though I know y'all say, you know, it's fake. Yes, we know. But guess what? As an artist, that you can get paid by creating theme music. I once, well, not I, I'm not a rapper, but an artist I managed, we actually um, done a song for Jonathan Coachman, who used to be on WWE, who I think now maybe an ESPN analyst or <clears throat> he's somewhere. But we did get a nice little check, one-time check for WWE for doing the Jonathan Coachman theme song. And we received free tickets when they came out of town. So I'm just saying there's so many ways. So, yes, this is definitely going to have to be an MIP. Well, in that MIP, and I'm a, for those people, before we get to it, and if y'all are thinking about licensing your music to those type of events, don't do a one-time payment. You do an upfront, and then you do a – they need to keep track of it, and they have to send in a report, and they can send you that report, or they can upload it to whoever. But you get paid per people that are there. And the Brave Stadium, I think, holds about – 13, 14,000 people. Don't quote me on that number. Let's just say 10,000. How many Dodger Stadium hold? I don't know. I don't care either. Let me Google it. That's <laughs> it. How many people fit into Truist Park in Atlanta, Georgia? That's it. Truist Park. Truist Park is the capacity. Damn it, I can't even read all that. You are really holding the phone up your face like you... Bro, you don't understand. I got my glasses off, so I can't see a damn thing. Yeah, Uh, that's what you get from picking at rappers with glasses. (laughs) Let me look at Truist Park first before we do... um, What is Mamie House Field? Where the Dodgers play? (laughs) (laughs) Not this year. Not this year. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, Braves is 41,000. I'm going to use them as an example. Yeah, we just use them. So every time that that is being played, you are supposed to register that music with your uh, publisher, whoever your PRO is. That's your performing rights organization. BMI, ASCAP, and CSEC, those are the major three. Um, And every time it is played, whatever the capacity is or whatever the seating arrangements is for that day, you get paid based off of that capacity. Now, if Imagine if, uh, let's use Freddie Freeman when he was back here and before he, you know, turned coat and went over to somebody else that's about to still lose this year. When, before he did that, um, every time he came up, he's going to come up to, to bat at least three to four times. If it's full capacity, you get paid 41,000 times three or four, however many bats he had, for every time that th- your song was played. You know, so that that is a check that you are missing which is why most people just negotiate, say, hey, let's do a one-time fee. We'll pay you out seven, eight thousand dollars, and that'd be for the season. I would not do that because most of these people have three, if you're on a part-time basis, five to six hundred times of uh, your plate appearances for the entire year. Now imagine now all of these stadiums don't hold that many people, but on a and I'm gonna do the numbers real quick. This is for somebody that is at home that that wants to do something, and I'm gonna use Ronald Lacuna as a an example because we know he ain't going nowhere for five years. Um, 41,000 times four game, four at bats per game. That is 164,000 plate people times 82 home games. That is 13,448,000 that you can say that your record was played in front of and you now, now need to be compensated for. 
your PRO will pay you based on that. So we, again, I know this is a long term and we were not supposed to go into this while we were doing this, but that is the number that you are looking at for a baseball uh, play for a walk-up song for somebody that wants to come up to your music. And I know quite a few people over here that probably could do that in country rap, have their music played uh, in front of baseball people. Like right now, I can think of five songs that would be perfect for that. Let me tell you, I know an artist who um, got in having doing that. Right. He started going to the um, single A games. Okay. And he got real cool with a player. And that player used his song as a walk-off song from mm-hmm. single A, single A always all the way up to triple A. And then he ended up getting trade from the Bra- traded from the Braves form system. And mm-hmm. I don't know what happened, but still I think my guy got got a little compensation, free tickets or whatever. But it was a good look. And other people always ask who done that walk-off song. Well, it's 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 a check, man. It's a it is one of the many ways that you can get paid over here, not just here, but anywhere, but I'm saying that there's it's one of the many ways that you can get paid using your music. That's not necessarily a sync license, but that is a I think is it a um, alternative use license because they aren't playing the full song and it is going to be done in segments, but they need to have rights to be able to play it whenever they need to play it, which is why there is a X amount that you get for that. Um, All right. So, look, let's talk about this. Um, Did our guest receive that package? He did. Okay, cool. We can keep keep it going. Um, Adam Calhoun, Tom McDonald. Yes. The week is up. Where did they land on the charts? Based on Tom, and I have not pulled up the charts myself, based on Tom and Adam, they had eight number ones. Eight number ones from the Brave. And that was majority digital uh, sales, not any of their physical sales that they were complaining about not getting. And we stated in our podcast that we did film after they made their video, we did a reaction to their video. We stated they were still going to be number one anyway. I did not know they would be number one on eight charts. Well, um, that, is that eight number one or eight singles? That, that is eight number one, bro. Charts. That is eight different charts. Ain't, ain't too many independent people doing that. Look, I ain't even going to get into it because we got a guest. <laughs> we have a visitor. Well, we, we can talk about it with our guests. We, we have a business. You want to start off talking about that? Yeah, because I want to hear his opinion. Okay. We have a business. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we told y'all. We told y'all that we give y'all interviews with some of the dopest fires, if that's the word, fires. We're going to make it a word. Artists in the country rap genre. And we have a gentleman booting up right now. Um... He's booting up right now. He's come. Oh my God! He looks so clear. <laughs> he looks like he's in H. Damn. You know what? I'm gonna turn my camera off because I look straight <laughs> ashy. How he look clear and I'm looking ashy. But hey, I don't. Go ahead, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. In the as old school rappers say, "Funky fresh in the flesh." We have Mr. Ryan. Up church on the pod. Welcome to the show. What's welcome. up, skins? Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do? Know. Hey man, I'm new to this Zoom thing. The only time I ever done this before was in court. So <laughs> I had to like I had to be refreshed. I didn't know if y'all got y'all could see me or whatever. So sorry if I fucked that intro up. No, it's all good. We can see you. We seen you loading up. 
Um, that's a nice, that's a nice jacket shirt there, sir. I like that. Tractor looking, supply. Hey, you looking re really, really <laughs> spiffy though. <laughs> Y'all are too, man. Y'all are too. Appreciate that. Appreciate it. So look, right now, before we even get into the life of Mr. Ryan Upchurch, mm -hmm. because we want to cover, as we say here in the South, from the ruler to the tutor, we want to we want to cover everything that needs to be covered in talking to you. But we were just chopping it up about the Brave Project. Number one on eight charts. How big is that for the jump? Bro, that's fucking huge. Yeah. And the numbers are fucking insane too, man. The numbers are fucking hella insane. It's great for the genre. It's going to push them. It's going to push a lot of people to, you know, want to do better. I hope so. I definitely hope. So. And, oh, bro, and it, it has to. It has. They have to do better now. They have to. Right. Eight charts. Eight. I, I wonder when they were creating this project, and I knew both mm -hmm. them gentlemen know they was going number one. There was no way that they could think they were oh, going sure. to be number bro, one. Bro, they they go number one by themselves individually. Right. right. So, so it's mega number one. But to who are they? Spain. Who are they beat? Who are they beat? They beat King Von. Um, rest in peace, yeah. RIP, um, Kevin Gates, and you know, what? everybody, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, Kanye, I got a homie that I kill you for a Mountain Dew. I love that fucking line, bro. <laughs> Matter of fact, Kanye said that I'm not gonna drop, I'm just gonna drop on my stem player where I can't lose. <laughs> hey, did you watch that documentary on Kanye? I have not watched it, oh, watch yeah. It. Yeah, it's dope. Kanye is a genius, man. Bro, he's a super genius. And hey, Cootie's even more of a genius, bro. They were living in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Back then. You know, I just I think it's sad the way the media and the public judge him. Um mm -hmm. Kanye has experienced something that a lot of people, you know, Kanye lost his mother. And yeah. my mother is my best friend. So I can't imagine losing her, but I have a lot of friends. R.I.P. Donda. Yes, R.P. Donda. But everyone who I know, every guy I know who said they lost their mother say they never, they never ever were the same, especially if you had that super loving mother like he had. And a lot of people don't understand that, number one, this man is probably going through all kinds of mental health issues, depression issues. And, and man, I just feel bad for him because what he's going through. I think the guy Jim just loves his family. And, you know, I done been broke up with by some girls I really, really like. And I was acting crazy as hell, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Hey, man. What, I mean, his mama was his rock. Yes, sir. You know? Now, but the thing is, like, his mama, who was, was the person who held him down when he was doing crazy shit, you know? And, or crazy shit with the public. You know, he had somebody go talk to. Now, I feel like, I don't know. I feel like if I was going up against Kanye, Kanye is more dangerous now, you know, as an artist. Because now he's full force, you know, swinging the sword. Yeah. As before, his mama would be like, hey, boy, pipe down. You know what I'm saying? Right. Definitely. Right. Definitely. Definitely. So, look, I want to get – I watched – first of all, congratulations on being on No Jumper. That's one of my favorite podcasts of all times. I appreciate it, Bubba. I thought that was huge for the genre. I'm actually, I'm actually mad that they haven't found another country rap artist to talk about just because I thought it was so big for the genre – but you definitely, definitely held it down. Appreciate it, Bubba. 
I think they should have Calhoun and Tom on there. What? Yes, sir. Yeah, together. Yes. 100%. Yes, sir. Definitely. Definitely. With those numbers they putting up. But I want to get into... And to make, went, it come full, to make it come full circle, though, that podcast is what inspired us to start the Country Rap Report. Yes. That, oh, that, yes. When we jumped in, when we saw the podcast, it was like, man, we got to talk about this. And I think our, what, first or second episode that we did? Our first and, episode together was a review yes. of you on that podcast. Yes. And then <laughs> we, we've done... 140 something cents. So yes. Hold up, was, wait, wait. Can can after the show, can one of y'all send me the link to that so I can watch it? Sure. Yeah, I can do definitely, that. Definitely. Can do All right, bet. I'd love to see that. All right. So look, let's get into it. For everybody who because I always start, man, I start from, from the bare bare basics. Let the world know who don't know who's been sleeping under a rock where Ryan Up Church is from. Born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee. That's it. Born and raised in Music City. Did you have aspirations as a child to be an artist? Yes. Did you want to be a singer or a rapper? Starting off, I wanted to be a singer, you know, because you're young. You know, you're riding around with your parents and shit. So around here, it was uh, 105.9, which was like classic rock. Then you had 103.3 WKDF. 97.9 97.9 and 95.5 for country. But as I got older, I found 101.1 to beat jams on my own with Della White and Scooby, which was like a, a, a around here, you know, you heard like What's Love by Ashanti and Fat Joe or Ashanti and uh, I forgot Jaru. who else on that song. Ja Rule. Uh, you know, you heard uh, 21 Questions by 50, uh, shit like that. And that's when that's when I started like getting more into hip hop when I was probably about mm, about 11, 12, 13. And then I heard Get Richard Die Trying, bro. And when I heard Get Richard Die Trying, that shit just that changed my life. That album changed my life straight up. Interesting. So Get Richard Die Trying actually made you want to rap? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know, growing up how I did, you know, I wasn't like, I was more like, uh, how you say this? And I wasn't like really popular in school. You know, I didn't have like all the cool clothes and shit. So when I, when I started listening to like, when I started listening to 50, his, his songs made me feel like it didn't matter. Like it didn't matter what I was. I could do it anyway. You know what I'm saying? Whatever that might be. It just gave me a certain type of feeling with all the shit that I was dealing with, you know, living in a small town, being the guy that I was. So, I mean, I can probably recite you every motherfucking song off that album, and I still listen to that album to this day at least once a week. What was your favorite record off that album? Hmm. Damn, that's a hang on. Let me think. Hmm. I know the... Huh? Go ahead. I was gonna say for me it was many men. I love many men. I do like many men. Many men wish death upon me. Blood in my dog, and I can't see. That was a good one. Uh, if I can't, I like that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like Bloodhound, bro. Bloodhound with a uh, young buck. That was a good one too. Yeah, actually, I think, that... I think Bloodhound was on that album. Yeah, Bloodhound is actually the record that 
kind of um ushered Buck into the GU the situation. Crack. I love to stay strapped. I love to squeeze Gek, jaw him and out. Yeah. I can't sure. relate to none of that stuff because I was never a 50 fan. Oh, for real? Yeah. It was just too hard for me. I, I was more into Ja Rule and the soft R&B stuff. You know, I was never into the I'm going to kill you type stuff. You know, that was never but, my thing. But, well, see, you know, it wasn't just the violence thing, though. Like, you know, be, being a young kid in eighth grade who whose mama is struggling to buy all your brother's shoes or whatever, when mm-hmm. I heard, use a window shopper. Right. Me, <laughs> that was a good I one. I know. I, I wanted to buy all the shoes, bro. I wanted all the boots. I wanted... I wanted all the whips. I wanted all the spinners, bro. I wanted all that shit. Right, right. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So you fell in love with Get Rich and Die Trying. That compelled you to want to rap. Yeah. What were the next steps for you? Like, because you wanted to sing, but now you you found this record that, you, that resonated with you. Mm-hmm. What made you want to rap? And what was the process that you went through? Because I know you didn't just go one day pick up a pen and a pad and just Start spitting those bars you got. Yeah. Bullshit. <laughs> yeah. No. Where? Yeah. I don't even. I don't even hear the Fifty influence in you though. Like, how, how did it? You just clicked. It was like I'm gonna write this. Well, if this. It, maybe if you go back to my see, it wasn't so much of a, a Fifties influence. It was more. It was a Fifties influence, but it was how it made me feel. Like okay. if you go listen to. Uh, you can come and get it. Come and get it, son. Pow, pow. I'll whip your head, boy, with the back of the steel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Your right, head, boy. <laughs> yeah, because it's a confidence thing. Like, his music, that, that album to me gave confidence to be like, you know what? I'm going to fucking do whatever I want and can't nobody say nothing. Then I found shit like The Definition of Real by mm-hmm. Plies. Mm-hmm. Watch this, man. I can't wait for the summer. I'm going to show you how to be a stunner. And who hotter than me? Um... You know, the first fight I ever got into, uh, Pure Cocaine by Yo Gotti was playing in the background. That's how I found Yo Gotti. <laughs> you okay. remember the song that was playing in the background during your first fist fight? Yes. Okay. Did you win okay. the fist fight? Yes. Okay. But I didn't win by punching. He fucking, this motherfucker had long ass arms, bro. So I had to get on the inside. So when I grabbed him, I didn't know what to do, but pick him up and slam him on the ground really hard. So... Shout out Yo Gotti for providing the back. The, 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 the backdrop. Boy, Yo Gotti. He gave the soundtrack. <laughs> the soundtrack to get your back Yo, slammed Yo out. Yo Jeezy, Thug Motivation 101. Yeah, I can hear that. I can hear that in you. Yes. Right, so you know what I'm noticing? So 50, gravi- you gravitated to 50, but then I'm hearing Yo Gotti. I'm hearing Jeezy. I'm hearing Plies. So the Southern folks. At, at that yeah. point in time, did you discover the Southern hip hop? I guess I guess that's what we were already engulfed in, anyways, because it's it's a rural. We're you know way back in the fucking holler, you know rural area, you know surrounded by Atlanta, Nashville, Memphis, you know. So I heard all the CMs, uh, the CM albums, all that shit. So it just kind of naturally it was what we were finding anyway. Except okay. for 50, yeah, 50's, but 50's New York. But at the time, he was just like, you know, so fucking huge. I mean, and I know you've I know you've heard the stories of motherfucking producers and shit being like, yo, we got to hurry up and get this project out. This 50 dude finna drop this get rich or die trying right. it's over with. You know what I mean? Right, yeah. right. Yeah. And, and 50 had a universal sound that mm-hmm. resonated with the South, the West, and the East. Yeah. So I, I think... 
you look at you look at tracks like Whoop Your Head and uh uh and all them fucking bangers, but then turn around and look, he had uh he had uh 21 questions. 21 questions was for the women, you know? So as an artist, you're like, bro, this dude picks good shit. He'll pistol whip you and fucking put you in the trunk, but then he's finna go take your woman on a date, bro. He's got like, he knows everything. Yeah, yeah. He's a master at life. Yeah. Plus his attitude, his attitude, bro. Like there's nothing you can tell that guy. His attitude was so, I mean, in a sense, redneck from where I'm from. It was so redneck. He was like, fuck, I'm gonna do what I want to. Anybody who says something, I'm gonna call their ass out. Like, remember, remember when uh, uh, French Montana was talking shit and then 50 went on the stage where French Montana was, bro? Yes. That's some redneck shit. Or the time that 50 was performing and a guy that he wasn't cool with was on stage and he got robbed on stage. Did you remember yeah. that? I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't even know about that, but I'm gonna look that up now. Yeah, there was a guy <laughs> who 50 wasn't cool with. Somehow he's on stage rocking with 50. And one of 50 partners, they basically, sh- give me that chain, right? Made him run his chain on stage. Damn. So, yeah, man. I mean, shout- what you going to say, bro? G-Unit's on stage. Yeah. Shout out to 50. So, I still, okay. This gives you the confidence to rap. Well, mm-hmm. to write rhymes. But what gave you the confidence to spin them? The fear of my family being broke. You feel me? Like my grandfather, you know, at this point, at this point, my grandfather, he done died. Um, he died one night. And after that, so my uncle, he come up to the barn. It was like two o'clock in the morning. And he told me my grandfather passed away. And I was like, oh, shit. And I kind of like lost my shit, broke everything in the place I was at, punched out all the windows, you know, didn't know what we we're going to do because how we lived, you know, everybody lived with everybody. You feel me? Like right. a pallet in the floor type shit. Right. And, um, you know, after that, it, bills and shit was hard to pay. And my grandfather, he was real into like, he was with the chicken fighters. He was with the motherfuckers, you know, um, doing not not terribly illegal shit, but, you know, fighting chickens and shit. So a couple of days after, um, I ain't going to say who, but he come to our house. He was a family friend of my grandpa. And he's like, hey, I'm going to bring these drugs over here and I'm going to teach you how to sell these motherfuckers so you can help your family pay your bills. And I was like, yo, fuck that. I don't want to fucking do that. You know what I'm saying? So I fucking, I mean, I would have, if I had to, but I knew there was a a cleaner way to do it. So I, dude, I literally blocked everything out of my life. I quit fucking partying. I quit giving a fuck because bro, trying to be a rapper in a small town, especially town I'm in, you always get your, ah, oh, quit fucking acting like that. You don't be like that. You're white, this, that, and the other from older folks. Right. I shut all that shit out, too. I was like, fuck this. I can do it. Because growing up, when you're at these parties, and, you know, you're hearing Grizzly by Yo Gotti and Heavy by Gucci Man and shit, I can't relate to it. Do I like it? Yeah. But the substance don't relate to me. So I thought, why can't I be the substance with this style of shit? Because I knew I knew country rap was out. Right. I knew I knew Bubba Sparks was a thing. I knew Colt Ford was a thing. But it just wasn't hitting enough for me. You're right. You know? Okay. It okay. it wasn't like pull up in my colors, Hancock, handling business. It was, you know, it was, hey y'all. Hey y'all. It wasn't enough fucking I would I wouldn't turn it on in an S10 with with two twelves. 
Right. I wanted some white boy shit where some, you know, some country boy shit, redneck shit, whatever kind of shit you want to call it. I want that, but I want that version. Right. With the heart of beats. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I got you. You know what's yeah. funny? We always talk about the Mount Rushmore of country rap. And we put Colt Ford on that Mount Rushmore for being. For sure. Like, Colt Ford is like the Curtis Blow of the shit. You've heard of Curtis Blow? Yeah. 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 Okay. And then I always say, well, first of all, Church is up there because he's got the best lyrics in the genre. But right. I always said that Church church made country rap cool for young kids. Mm. Church made country rap cool for the guys who can't relate to the trap, but they can relate to the woods. Right. You made it cool to have to have those banging ass beats. No disrespect to, to Cole Ford because he, he pioneered it, but Amen. you made it cool to bang in the whip. Thank you, bro. Right. That means a fuck ton to me, bro, because it really does, because what I'm after doesn't involve money. Like, like, and motherfuckers on the internet, they're always like, oh, all you care about is money. Take all the, bro, wait, wait till I fall off then, see what happens. You gonna see that? I'm gonna be doing the same shit. Ain't no, ain't no falling off. What are we ain't no about? falling off. I, I'm, I'm sorry, sir. I don't, I, I don't, I don't know how you could possibly fall off. Yeah. This is why well, I'm I hope still you're stuck. right. I'm still stuck on this same question, man. I'm still what? stuck on a person who hurt get rich or die trying, and decided to rap, but you're dope. Were you dope day one? I don't know, man. Like, and you know, that's another thing. Maybe that's why I make so many albums because as soon as I make an album, I'm like, God dang it, this could be better. And and like my team's like, bro, what are you talking about? That's dope. I'm like, no, it could be better. I do that every single time. It, it just, it always happens. Do you remember that very first rap experience you had in the studio? Yeah. How was it? About choked to death and died because we didn't put up the right shit for sound stuff. What do you mean? What do you mean? We put up, he got his man. asbestos in there. <laughs> yeah, we put up like this bullshit that had like fiberglass and insulation. Oh, yeah, in you were doing asbestos. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, bro, my throat's closing up. It's, I don't know what's going on. And, and uh, you know, homie that was with me, he was like, man, this, it's going to work. Don't worry. And uh, yeah, I almost choked and died, bro. Wow. Because I, I fucking got asthma, homie. Like, I'm breathing wow. in this shit about dying in the middle of the night trying to make this fucking rap song, but it felt good. It felt good to rap and hear myself back. Right. When I, you know, the first few times, you know, I was like, ah, fuck, I don't know if I could do this. Listen to my accent. And then, you know, maybe like the fourth or fifth practice track or whatever you want to call it back in the day and hearing myself back after tweaking a few tiny things in the beginning, I, I thought to myself like, yo, that sounds cool. And I, I'm not the kind of person that, like, believes in everything I do. If anything, I criticize it the most. So when I heard it back and I was like, yo, that sounds tight, it, I seen a vision. See, that's the thing. Like, I don't see what's happening right now. I see what could happen 10 years later. So that's what I'm running off of when I'm doing music. Okay. But even when you started back then, you, you were still progressive. Like, no one sounded like you then and still don't sound like you. And it's been... What's your, what's, what's your run now? Like five, six, 14, seven years? 14, or is it 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22? Nine years. Nine years. Nine years. Almost wow. a decade. So wow. how'd you go about picking that first beat? Shit, bro. We were just pulling shit off of, uh, what's it called? 
datpiff.com. <laughs> Jack and Beats. <laughs> yeah, we beat Jack and homie. So were you picking hip-hop beats or were you picking stuff that you felt like resonated with people who were in your situation? Like, how? what was the selection like? I already knew what I wanted to hear. Like, like if I heard a beat and it had some some high notes in the background, like a xylophone that sounded goofy, I was like, no, fuck that. Like, it had to be, at the time, I felt like it was more like early 2000s vibe shit type, or type hip-hop beats. Okay. That was a good era. It was the fucking best one, bro. The best one. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, when you record those first recordings, did they ever see the light of day? I still got the CD, bro. You actually put out a CD? No, I burnt it. <laughs> <laughs> it has my initials on it. R-E. Wow. They can go in the uh, country rap uh, museum. Then we can put bro. together. Ain't nobody ever heard it. I, I've only listened to it a few times because I don't want to scratch it up too much. You don't want to listen to it later on. Right. But it just, it's a, it's a Matt White CD. It says like DTX or whatever on it. And it just says my initials on it. I'm going to wow. keep it forever and pass it down to my kids. The fucking album, it sucks, but I like listening to it because it's where I came from. So did you ever, um, did you press the <laughs> album up and sell it? Mm-mm. You just kept it. I, I, didn't, I didn't know nothing. You know, you know, it's got like Mega Man remix on it. It's got a few, you know, shit I pulled off that piff. It's got some bullshit uh, homeboy made down the street. It's just some random ass shit thrown together. So that that was the birth of uh, Ryan Upchurch, the rapper. Yep. All right, now so a lot of people think the fucking comedy shit and the fucking, you know, whatever came first, but really the music came first. I didn't know that. So how did you get the comedy shit? the comedy shit and your internet savvy. How did that come about? Because you're just as savvy online and your personality is, I'm sure there are people out there who might know you from the comedic side of things or the trolling side of things or the humor side of things who might not realize you're this great artist. First off, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I don't think it's so much comedy, bro. I think it's just, learning to be a smart ass for motherfuckers picking at you all the time, you know? And that's why I try to tell these kids, like these motherfuckers on the internet, they always try to like pick on somebody, pick on somebody. But thing is some of these kids can't handle it. And they, you know, they end up fucking doing crazy shit, like cutting themselves or killing themselves or something like that, bro. You have to be, it's a game. You have to be mentally smarter than somebody. You could be the smallest motherfucker in the world going against the biggest motherfucker in the world, if your brain's bigger, you win. So you're making me feel like maybe in school you might have got picked on a little bit? I got picked on up until that fight, the, the one where Yo Gotti was playing in the background. <laughs> you know, motherfuckers, I remember, I remember one time uh, there was a kid in my PE class named Ryan. And, um, every, you, know, he, he had, you know, he had the cool shoes. His mama drove a Yukon. And uh, had a Cadillac Escalade, this, that, and the other. They lived in a nice brick house that had a paved driveway and shit, you know. And I had to see that going to school. And you see these kids that go to school that got different Abercrombie and Fitch shirts every day, uh, the nice shoes, uh, their parents is, you know, taking them to uh, fucking soccer practice or whatever after school and shit. And this motherfucker's picking on you. You know, you're already intimidated because you're like, damn, like, I don't fit up in that clique or whatever. Well, one day I got fucking sick of it. And I was like, a motherfucker. I was like, meet me after school. So I called my cousin, 
my crazy ass cousin who lived in West Nashville because I didn't have a license. I was like, hey, I was like, come pick me up. There's a guy that wants to fight me uh, in uh, Pigram. Can you take me there? His crazy ass was like, hell yeah. So he picked up a bunch of his hood buddies and his girlfriend. And we rode to this fight in a uh, 96 or a 98, uh, a 98 flat black Mustang GT. And we got there. My fucking hood ass cousin got out with a baseball bat. Because there was like 30 of them. Because there wasn't 30 of them trying to jump me. There was 30 people coming to watch. And like five that was like being rowdy. So my crazy ass cousin at the time, he was on fucking steroids, big as fuck, you know, long blonde hair, fucking baseball bat, fucking tattoo on his fucking rib cage. And my cousin in Nashville was known for fucking people up. Like my cousin would show up and he would box fucking five, six motherfuckers at a time. I remember one time I was downtown and I got, a, I got uh, arrested because I was with a friend from high school that I knew. And that friend was with some of his friends. And uh, I hopped in the car with him because I was like, oh, shit, I ain't seen Matt in forever. So I hopped in the Mustang with him, and we get riding down the road, and Vice pulls us over and ends up pulling the office out of the car and shit. One of the my buddy or my cousin's homies was like, hey, man, don't tell your cousin, bro. If you tell your cousin, he's going to come fuck me up in my house. <laughs> so that's who I took with me to the fight. He made sure I didn't get jumped, and I ended up fighting this dude. And that's when people quit fucking with me. Okay, okay. So what, when did what, they when did they stop fucking with you lyrically? Like what, what, when did they stop fucking with you lyrically? Lyrically, like after your first album or your second album, like when did they stop saying you ain't really about that this life or you ain't you ain't really no rapper? Oh, when did boy, you make the record? They still say that shit. That's bullshit, Ooh. bro. Look at look on the internet. Look at all the mo- bro. I wish I could show you right now. People people made people talk shit so much in my town. They'd be like, oh. Uh, he he done fucking he done, he thinks he's better than everybody. He lives behind a gate on a ranch. You are better bro, than everybody, <laughs> bro. Right now I'm in the middle of town, bro. My fucking driveway is six feet long. I, I bought a house in the middle of town to be like motherfucker. What, <laughs> man? You know when people are jealous of you, they will make up anything to, yeah. to tear you down, like bro. Number one, and we ain't even got to the story. But you're a real success story to kids. Like There are kids right now with an inhaler who might be getting picked on who need to see you and be like, man, fuck yeah. you. Yeah. I'm going to put this in. Matter of fact, I'm going to ball my fist over this inhaler in it and punch the <laughs> shit out of you. If, you know, <laughs> like, you know, because look, I had asthma. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, and we couldn't afford inhaler. We just, I just had to go by every six months and get a shot in the ass in the emergency room. Yeah, the one that burned like a bitch. Yes, you've had that shot. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but man, it no, like, people need real inspiration stories. And you, man, I've never heard an artist say, I had an opportunity to sell drugs. I said, hell no, I won't do that. I'm going to go to the roof. <laughs> that's, that's no rapper ever. <laughs> it's the history of fucking rap. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what? No, no, keep that, keep that, and I got a session. Uh, so, right. you know, hey man, how much do I put in this bag? <laughs> yeah, you know, like I don't have time to learn chemistry. I'm gonna right. learn bars. Um, right. So you 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 do this first project that you decide not to let the world hear. So, didn't know how. You didn't know how to let the world hear it. No. So when did you learn how? 
to get your stuff to the world. Cheatham County album. I had some people show me what to do. Okay. 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 But uh, also, uh, I don't mean to backtrack, but I want to touch on what you said a minute ago about the kid with the inhaler. We're going through a, if you ask me personally, I think we're going through a very monumental time in hip hop. I feel like hip hop over the years, hip hop, you know, started as this DNA strand, right? And over the years, different DNA strands got implemented in this long DNA strand, right? <clears throat> right now we're going through a time with hip hop where it is, it's be, it ain't being infiltrated by country at all whatsoever. Cause you're always going to have pure hip hop and other forms of hip hop. But this in particular DNA strand is doing something that no other DNA strand I feel like has done before. And that's unify people because you got to think not only is this showing white kids, Hey bro, check this shit out. You, you can do this, bro. It's also showing that country motherfuckers do have, do have the cultural are cultural enough to inspire what about the, what about the what about the black the black kid bro in in the country right that, that's got the f-150 with the 26s and fucking you know right. what i'm saying right. the light bar and you know the country ass black kid bro it's also letting that kid know hey man there's somebody that is like you too that that looks nothing like you that accepts you as well or that is along the same lines but accepts you not because of color not because nothing else but because where we're from and how we are because we're about country. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because a lot of people hear country rap and I know they think white guy. Like, you know what I mean? They really, yeah. Because, you know, they really do. But but you're starting to see difference now, bro. You got that that new kid, 04 track or whatever. Right. Right. And, yeah. and people like that, bro, it, it's it's building something, bro, that's going to be talked about later on. Watch. Um, yeah, Ofo, look, I compare 04 track. He's like the country rap version of Gucci Man to me. His yeah. delivery <laughs> and his flow is like, you can tell this is a country guy who's being his true self and grew up on Gucci Man. Yeah. Well, I'm a, let me let me jump in, Vic. I know you got a, a a list of things that you wanted to cover, but I wanted the the <clears throat> influence the, the reason that you are seeing these people, black and white, jump on the country rap is because of church. Like he is more of a you're just as much, you are more powerful as an influencer, I think over here in this genre. And I think that's probably why they ban you and they don't like you being in front of more people because mm. of not just your outspokenness, but because you are the leader of this entire generation that is out there. As an example, Jesse B follows you. Yeah, absolutely. Jesse B follows you. She got into rap because of you. Like you are inspiring an entirely new generation out there. And I, I don't, I don't, maybe you don't understand your power or maybe you don't just really grasp it, but you have, you have the power of, a Jay-Z, of a Kanye, of a Tupac in his prime. Like, you are this genre's friendsetter. Hell yes. And this ain't something that you even, it ain't even up for a debate. Like, you can look at, you can say, hey, y'all, I'm going to go to McDonald's on Tuesday, and I need y'all to come with me. Watch how many people just do it just because church is doing it. You know, not so much you trying to make an impact or be social conscious or whatever it is. Mm. It's because you are this trendsetter and trendsetters of that magnitude are dangerous to other people, especially mm. when it can't be controlled. You know, so the, the industry, if the industry were to infiltrate, then you would have been the main person that they would have came after because 
you have more power than everybody over here combined. But because you are so rebellious and you're like, you know, I've got me, you know, and, and I'm going to lead my people to the promised land. However, I want to see them, but they're going to be just as rebellious as I am. So don't even try it. Like that right. scares the industry. That scares the shit out of people in general, especially the establishment. But your your power over here, we ain't talking about your rep influence. We're talking right. about your influence, period. You are that influential to this genre. And I, I, I'm Y'all glad that you're me- level-headed. Dude, thank you, bro. Y'all gonna make me get off this motherfucker and go write another album. <laughs> Dog, you are you your your influence is crazy, bro. bro. Like crazy, crazy. Look. I get I get cold chills off people saying shit like that. Like, like when it's I the hear truth. that, it's the it, truth. I can't explain it, but it puts like sunshine in my body, bro. Like when I hear people say that, I'm like, dude, like, is that really what people think? Because like in my own head, like I told you before, like I'm critiquing everything, like it's not good enough because. I'm not writing this stuff for my bank account. I'm writing this stuff for, you know, the white, the the, the white kid on the, on the dead end road where his, his mama is, you know, struggling to do this, that, and the other, or his dad struggling to do this. I'm doing this for, you know, the, the black kid that's going to an all white school that thinks he ain't like, he ain't accepted. You know what I'm saying? So like, right. I, I can't, it's weird. Like my brain only goes out so far because if you see if you see rappers, you know they get money, they buy cars, you know they get hoes, this that right. and other, and then, and then they get lost. You know what I'm saying? Right. They get distracted. I, I can't. My brain goes like this. It's, it's got a rev limiter on it. It's like and 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 right. So I I can't see myself like other people do, but maybe it's a good thing. Possibly. Maybe, but see that's the thing. I, I want to ask you. From uh, you know older hip hop head uh, perspective, is that something that I need to start taking into consideration, or is it something that I need to keep just ignoring? I don't think you should. I don't, I, you go ahead, Vic. go ahead. All right, now me, from an older perspective, mm-hmm. I know that your words and the things you do are very, very powerful and influential. I think. I'm not, I would never be the one to say don't do or don't say. I just think as a real life influencer, and I'm when I say influencer, bro, I'm talking about you have more influence in my personal opinion. If we're talking hip hop culture 2022, to me, you're definitely top 10 influencer when it comes to masses of people. It mm-hmm. might not be he's top five. Yeah, you definitely top five. Top five. It might not be the hip hop genre, but just say the people that Lil Baby say if Lil Baby said, "Meet me at McDonald's," if Ron Upchurch said, "Meet me at Crystal's," you will get that same effect. And the only difference, the only reason you won't get as many people as a Lil Baby is because you don't have the one thing he has, and that's the power of radio. That is a great. Mm. I have one thousand percent agree. That is the but, only way somebody like Lil Baby, the Baby, could get more people in a spot than Ryan Upchurch because you don't have the power of radio. But your mm. voice is very, very powerful. A lot of times when we do the pod and I might talk about some of the things some of the artists say, and I don't want to, I don't sound divisive like I'm against what they say. Mm. I just sometimes feel like they don't realize how much power they have. And sometimes people don't understand what the rapper might be saying. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I feel like when you have power, 
sometimes you have to be a little careful with it because you have so many people. Like there are people, I'm I'm in Georgia. We're in Georgia. Uh-huh. All right, I work at Party City, right? Okay. About when we first started the pod, body by episode fifty, I'm bringing up a guy summertime. This guy he got on white beard, look like his great granddaddy passing out. He's like it's a two X, and this fucker look like he wears a medium. But he has on his. <laughs> I mean, his shit is stretched all out of proportion. You know, he just worked like hell, right? Right. And him and his old lady scraping up their money to buy shit for their baby's first birthday party, right? Mm-hmm. And as I'm ringing him up, when he goes to pay, his arm has R-H-E-C. Bro, for real? And I'm like, so I'm like, bro, what you know about raising hell eating cornbread? <laughs> so, you know, now this, the, look, this is Middle Georgia now. Middle Georgia, not yes, Nashville. This is, this is a town called McDonough, Georgia. You can look it up. Um, now, now the funny thing is, when I say what you know about raising hell eating cornbread, so now he's shot and he's looking at me like, what you know about Ryan Upchurch? <laughs> because of oh. course he's shot because I'm a black guy who knows about it. And I didn't right. want to say what you know about church. I really wanted to slap him over the head by saying what you know about raising hell eating cornbread. Instant bond, bro. Yes. Yeah. So, bro, and this is this is small town Georgia. This is the people that you make your music for. It resonates with them. And see, I, I, this is where I think when you gave that comparison, I think you said little baby versus church. I think they're even because baby's on radio and he's going to get the majority from the bigger cities. Yes, church is going to get all the other small towns. He's going to get the 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 he's going to get a majority of the white people that listen to this music, and he's going to get those country black folks that listen to this music. Like he's going to get that. Baby's going to get all of the people that are in Atlanta, Dallas, New York, the major cities. All of the rest is Ryan Upchurch, and that's mm. that's his demographic. That's your influence. That is your reach. That is your potential of influence throughout these United States that that people fear. So mm. much that, you know, if let's say if you were on and I think the only reason they're not going after you um, is because you're not on some tangent. If mm. you got on some sort of soapbox that would be contrary to what they want to be programmed, then right. they would be all in your ass. But right mm. now it's just about you putting out music and talking shit. You know, they're OK with that because it's just it's, it's a distraction. Bro, you know, that, that's that's southern, that's uh, that's southern rap, bro. I got plenty of money. I got plenty of money, bro. <laughs> it's the shit talk. The shit talk is what, one of the things I, I used to love. You know, Plies was one of the best shit talkers ever. You know, T.I., Jeezy, yeah. fucking Luda. Yeah. Right. You know, but. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, but no, how many of them throughout history? How many of those people? And it, this is just us having a candid conversation. How many yeah. of them people look like you? Like, how many of them people that rap like you look like you? How many of them people? That look like me. Listen to them. A bunch, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but now, but now they got somebody that look like them. Facts. Facts. So, so there, there's your identifying part. So now they're like, oh well, she, I got somebody that look like me doing this music, and and actually he raps better than half of them. So I'm going to gravitate over there. Like this is this is your influence. This is your power. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know if you are thinking about it, but if you're not thinking about it, your team. Definitely needs to tap into that because the potential that you have, I honestly think you're you're probably just content. I think you could probably be ten times bigger than where you are today. Man, me- oh, bro! If only you knew what we had in my what we were doing right now, <laughs> bro. 
Listen, that, I, that look right there says something sinister, though. <laughs> oh, hey, by the way, hey, is uh, is me looking this way uh, bothering you Oh, no, you guys? good. You, you good. My camera is cool. here, but I can't see y'all. It's cool. You good. You good. You good. You it's good. Cool. It's fine. But, hey, I, I respect that comment, but what I'm seeing right now is something different, bro. Last night, I seen a clip of a reactor, bro, mm. and it gave me so much inspiration I couldn't go to sleep. I didn't go to sleep this morning until 8 o'clock, bro. And I, I had I had this interview with y'all today, and I was right. like, "Fuck, bro, I gotta go to sleep." But there's a there's a dude from Georgia, bro. His his background is a bunch of Nike shoes, Converse shoes, NBA stuff. You know, he's he's got the big sweatpants on. You know, and he's he's watching my uh next to Red, mm-hmm. and he's fucking getting hype as shit, singing every single word. And I was like, "This is exactly what I wanted to happen because." Maybe my neck's too red, but what are you too much of? What do they say you're too much of? Right, right, and right. It, it resonates with it resonates with people that don't even look like me, don't live the life I live because they know exactly what I'm talking about. And I tell people this shit all the time. Motherfuckers are like, ah, oh, well, you don't you don't know what it's like. Uh, and which which I don't. I, I know, I know other people have bigger issues with the police than other people, but when you are tatted up. And you're wearing a hundred racks full of jewelry, and you're riding around at two o'clock in the morning in a Monte right. Carlo, right. banging young Jeezy, bro. The police is following me too. Right, they're fucking with me too. They don't like me neither. Right, you know what I mean. And and I think what I'm going through right now is I'm experiencing things that another culture of people experience, and I'm just openly talking about it because not another thing is. People aren't who they remember when the game come in the game and the game, the rapper. And right. he was like, Hey man, he's like, I thought this shit was real. Cause him right. and Pinky gotten a fucking all out shootout in the street before and shit like that. Like, and they had to pretty much tell the game like, Hey man, <laughs> this is business and politics. He's like, Oh, well I thought I could just pull up and fuck somebody up in my six foe. You know what I mean? Like it, that's what's going on right now. Like people don't know how to take me which is a good thing because it gives shock factor, but right. it also lets you know the realness of what's going on, you know? Cause you look at, look at everybody saying, sorry, bro. Look at it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This, that, and the other dude, everything that involves racism and, and, and making racism a thing like that makes money is mostly the left and white people. W- when do you ever see, when do you ever see a black dude bitching about something on on TV or on CMT or something that has to do with something somebody said. Bro, right. they don't fucking... Bro, black people don't give a fuck. They ain't watching that shit. They're like, bro, why you think I care so much, motherfucker? They don't. That, that's for the TV, bro. Well, I'm going to be honest. With the music you're making and the... And, and, I'm, and I'm noticing that a lot of black people react to your music. Like, a we lot share of, the same love. It, but the funny thing is, and I watched some of them hate. I, I you know, because I've watched some reactors who take offense to the Confederate flag. But I like the way you actually handle those situations. But to me, and I always, most of, most of those people, they just it's just an it's an emotional outburst mm-hmm. because of, they see the flag, and mm-hmm. they don't they don't they don't hear the rapper. They just mm-hmm. still see the flag. So you can't, 
most of them you got to just like toss to the side until they can think logically. You know, I would yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't add them to a a, a logical thinking group. Well, that that goes that goes back to being born where you're born and raised where you're raised. Like motherfuckers was jumping all over my shit when they're like, "You done a song with Lil Boosie? He's bad. He fucking went to prison and and he killed somebody." All right, motherfucker. Well, his life might be different than ours. Like, or there were people that were upset about you doing a song with Boosie. Fuck yeah. They can kiss my fucking ass, bro. He he's a legendary southern rapper. I don't give a fuck. Right. Exactly. I don't fucking care. Bro, you know, you know how badass it is to me that I have I say that I'm crazy. Bro, that <laughs> guy, I, not only on one track, I hey, Boosie the OG. I, 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 he ain't said I can talk about it, so I can't talk about it. But there might be more <laughs> Boosie and Upchurch tracks. That would be dope. That would be dope. Hey, could we get a? You think there's a possibility of being a Boosie Upchurch joint project? Oh, bro, yeah, that would possibly. be crazy. Now you talking about some number one records? Now you talking about Boosie finally going number one? <laughs> the only way Boosie's gonna go number one is doing a joint project. No, no, I'm not saying he don't deserve to go number one. Right, I'm right, right. The only way he'll go number one. Is doing a EP with church, but you know what the thing is about that though, bro. Boosie ain't got to go number one because Boosie's no. number one in his life. Yes, yes. That's that's the, that's the whole independence thing. Like, yeah, I'm not on the radio, but you know what? Look at the timeline of Up Church as a whole. Look at when I I, I started coming up. I I came up during a time where monuments was being taken down. Right. Different, different, different demographics of people was, I don't like you. No, I don't like you. No, I don't like you. You should believe in this. No, you should believe in this. It's almost like I covered my ears and kept my eyes open and just walked through the, the roaring fighting crowd and kind of like just went through everybody and got to the other side. You know what I mean? And that's what somebody needed to do for the young hip hop people, man, because I mean, bro, come on, let's be real. When 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 was racism and shit pushed this pushed this much and, and this bad in mainstream media? Not in the early 2000s. No, no, no. No, no this, is, this is by far the forefront of people using racism as a platform. Money. Agreed. It's money. It's Agreed. money. Who, 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 who the fuck is ain't selling all these shirts and shit, bro? Motherfuckers who don't even argue about it. Mm. They're on both sides. On both sides. Yeah. You know, so do they really care about the people? Fuck no. No, they buy big houses and move away, far away from the problems. Facts. You know, rich people don't, rich people, and I've always said that poor people, we run the world. Poor people, yeah, we do. Because we build everything, we do all the labor. Rich people move away, and you can have you can have Donald Trump living next door to, and I'm not saying Donald Trump's a racist. You have Donald Trump living next door to Michael Jordan, and he won't give a shit that he lives next door to a black guy because rich people don't give a shit. Because guess what? Michael Jordan don't want me living next door to him, <laughs> and neither does Donald Trump because I ain't got enough money. They want to stay awake till two in the morning, motherfucker. Yeah, so. <laughs> To me, I've always thought that people with money use racism as a way to keep poor people fighting. Well, they use a lot of isms. It ain't just racism. It's whatever. A lot of those oh, things. Oh, for sure. Just, 
it's all anything that would keep people divisive. They throw those things out there and keep Religion, them distracted. Anything, yeah, anything. Yeah. Like I've always said, what's the difference between the hood and the trailer park? What's the difference between the projects and the trailer park? None. N- nothing. The color of the people that live in. Other than that, they all eat fried bologna. They all eat <laughs> cornbread. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> shit, we all shoot at your ass if you come through with acting like you're not supposed to act. Same, bro. We all probably got a shoebox of money for bun <laughs> under the bed. I mean, I'm just saying, like, what's the difference? But the 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 powers that be keep those people fighting. Yeah, I've never. They have to. Why? Because, bro. Imagine this. I want you to imagine this. And if anybody takes this fucking idea after this, you're a hoe. I like the fact that y'all work the way y'all do. I like the how y'all are different in uh, y'all's outlook on stuff and y'all's demeanor. And I like how y'all are unbiased. You know, even if it's like, like, like for instance, like I know I watch everything, bro. I know he likes my rap better than he does my singing. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> there's, there, you know, there's somebody else that, for whatever reason, likes to sing in more than they do the rapping. And I told him yesterday, I was like, bro, what's wrong with the rap game right now is two things or three things. It's infiltrated by mainstream media. It's um, it's too soft. People's feelings get hurt too easy. And everybody has too many yes men, bro. Agreed. There, no men. If you have a no men around you. You're going to you're going to level up faster, bro. You just yes. are. Yes, agreed. 